1: Welcome to the Lord's Podcast with Will Rowe. Well, thanks for tuning in today. I'm very pleased to be joined by two former England bowlers for this month's podcast. Ashia's winner and now TV broadcaster, Isha Gour is here. Welcome, Isha. Thank
2: you very much, Will.
1: And returning for his second appearance on the Lord's Podcast, Alex Tudor. Morning, Will. How are you doing? Very well, my friend. Very well. Now, plenty coming up in the next half hour or so as England's squad to tour South Africa is announced. We discuss the spirit of cricket after Australia snub Ross Taylor. There's also Mitchell Johnson's retirement and a new England head coach for the women's side, as well as listeners' questions for Isha. Well, now, the big news this morning is the England squad has been announced for the tour to South Africa. That's the Test squad. Um, Nick Compton is back in. Gary Balance also returns. And Ian Bell has been dropped. Adil Rashid also misses out while Summit Patel retains his place and Mark Footit gets his first call-up. Um, first question, really. Nick Compton. Yeah, it's a sort of
3: merry-go-round at the moment, isn't it, with the, with the Openers ever since uh, Straussie's retired. Um, and they had never, you know, we haven't found someone who can uh, stay there with Alistair. Um, so we've had a few, you have had Carberry, you have had Robson, Compton, Live... And then they've gone back to compo. I mean, look, people would say he most probably was harshly treated in the first instance, you know. Um, so he went back to county cricket, got his runs as he does. Um, and he most probably deserves his chance. It's just a case of, you know, a few people will say, look, um, maybe his age, but I'm not bothered about his age. Some may. Um, and some would have said, look, it's some fair on live. Uh, but um, look, they wasn't happy with what happened in the winter. Um, you know, Moen was a, a short-term fix. A lot of people disagreed with it, um, but for over there, that's what they wanted. And obviously, he comes back in, so we wish him all the best.
2: Yeah, uh, obviously, Mo and Ali underperformed uh, in the UAE, so they obviously had to look for someone else again. Um, the fact is that since Straussy, the best partnership of runs has been Alistair Cook and Nick Compton. Um, they've scored nine hundred and twenty-seven runs. An average of 57 which is way better than any other opening partner he's he's scored a, a bag full of runs at, uh, in county cricket as alex mentioned um and it's just a question of which direction england want to take uh, because nick compton probably would feel more comfortable playing the secure role not going at a high strike rate whereas they have alex hales in the side as well who is looking to be batting with a lot of confidence now since his hundred in, in the one day international against Pakistan. So um I personally would perhaps look at Alex Hales. Yeah. Um but if Nick Compton is returning to the squad, then he probably has to play as well. So it's it's a it's a difficult one. Ian Bell obviously missing out is is a big decision to make because of the experience that he brings to the team against uh, a high-quality pace attack yeah. in South Africa. Um, I also feel that James Taylor has to make his way into this oh. into the team somewhere. Um, and Jeez. just putting it out there, he you know he could be a potential opener as well. Um, given the fact that you know his height is very different to Alistair Cook, mm. Balls have to change up their lengths, the right-hand left-hand combination. He's mm. gritty and determined. And he has opened in the past for the Lions and in county cricket.
1: Do you think there's a slight new approach in England's uh, policy for picking sides since Andrew Strauss has come in at the top there? Because you could say that Compton coming back is a slight U-turn. It seemed that his his chance had gone. Mm. Um, you know, dropping Bell—that's that's quite a big call. England seem to be going maybe for more kind of horses for courses now, uh, series by series, rather mm. than previously always seeming to build for the future?
3: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not keen on this horses, of course, as well. I grew up in an era where you, you play your best, ti- your best team and your best players. Um, I agree with Isha. I, I think it's time for Hells to step up and I think it's time for him to give him a go. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, is he ready for test level? It's more call. Cool. It's, listen, until you play the lad, how are you going to know? Um, yeah. A few people already dissecting saying, oh, I won the bouncy wicket since Arafke is going to nick off. No one knows. He hasn't gone there yet and played. So I'm um, for giving the young lad a go. As he should say, he's just come off the 100. He's confident. He's a different foil to Alistair Cook because Alistair Cook is, you know, he, will, he gets your bat all day. And um, Alex sells in the way that Test cricket's going, he's that explosive and he can take the pressure off Alistair. And if he comes off, obviously, in a session, you know, he can change the format of the game. So listen, he's not there, so, um, you know, we have to, well, well, he is there, sorry, he is there, but um, it's going to be a bit of a tussle, I think, you know, they'll go out there and they'll play a few of the, the, the warm-up games and I suppose it'll be a bit of a, a thrash out who who scores the most runs on tour, who will get the, the first gig, but with Compton coming back in, I can't see the point of you picking him for him to carry drinks. That, for me, wouldn't make no sense, so he must he must be a... Good position in, in starting for me in
1: a test match. But it seems it's going to be Hales or Compton to open with Cook, so one of them will be carrying drinks. You'd imagine there's no there's no well, room to get both in. The, or is other there? the
2: other option is to open with Compton and Hales at three. With um, Bell going. Mm. Yeah, with Bell going, so you have someone who who bats with a lot of positivity up there, or you could swap them round possibly. I, I think Nick mm. Compton maybe, but then again, I, I'd really like to see James Taylor in there. Yeah, so Big fan. That that's the call that England have to make. And at the end of the day, I don't think it always boils down to who scored the most runs. It boils down to mentality and the ability to handle pressure Mm. at that level. We've seen James Taylor's been able to do that. Um, And it then boils down to to what the coach thinks and and being able to to bring the best out of his players and and handpick those players who he thinks have that mentality. I mean, we've seen it with David Warner. He Mm. jumped straight into Test cricket, having not played any state cricket. Um, And. You know, that was a, a big gamble, but it's obviously paid <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah. Same with Steve Smith. They, they saw something in him, mm. and now we're seeing him thriving.
1: And in the bowling department for England, there's a yeah. couple of changes, a couple of enforced ones. Uh, Finn and Wood are both injured at the moment, so they're not in that squad. But Mark Footit, he's been given a call-up. I know you're a big fan, too. Yeah, yeah, a big fan. I, d- I just feel like um, obviously I'm good
3: friends with Ramps, and he sort of keeps me surprised, and... You know, I remember he said he he came here during the summer um, and bowled at the lads at Lord's, Lour- at o- and he was so impressed with how he bowled and he moved it both ways at good pace. Um, and, he, and he's done his he's done his stint. He's bowled in county cricket a lot of overs, got a lot of wickets. He swings it back. You listen to people who have faced him like Rob Key, who's played a hell of a lot of cricket and knows his stuff, says he's by far the quickest, I suppose, on the circuit. And, and he swings it back as a left hander. He's gold dust. So look he he warrants being in that squad. I feel now with Wood missing out, he's going to be that type of enforcer. I don't like use, use that word. But, you know, the enforcer within the side um, who can come in and give you short and quick spells to try and change something if the game's moving away from us or someone's got a partnership that uh, Alistair Cook can throw the ball and say, get me a wicket. Because um, obviously you've got the experience of Broad and Anderson who are going to bowl a lot of overs and um, they're very skillful and, you know, what's it, nearly... 800 wickets between them in Test Cricket is phenomenal so you've got that experience but yeah someone like him coming in Ben Stokes happily back in mm. is fit yep. is a massive plus and then it's it's you know with much well, I don't think there's going to be many
1: much spin that's why I suppose maybe Samit's got in
2: mm. yeah that's um, that's
1: an interesting one Samit Patel retains his place and adil Rashid is dropped
2: yeah uh, that is a very interesting one for me because you would think that if England want to develop a world-class spinner, that they would focus more on the leg spinner um, to cause problems. Yeah. Um, we saw on a few occasions in the UAE that Adil Rashid had the ability to, to cause problems to the to the opposition batsmen. Um, but they clearly want him to uh, gain more experience in the limited overs format, which is why yeah. they're sending him to the big bash. Um, he'll be under pressure over there, new player and a new team. And... Um, I'm sure you know the batsmen will be looking to get after him and again showing the fact that England are taking one day cricket and limited overs cricket very seriously but should he be getting more experience in the test arena um, I think if England are to develop a world class spinner then perhaps he should have been in that squad um, Do you feel s- he's
1: been hard done by?
2: Um, it's not necessarily a question of being hard done by it's just a choice that they've they've yeah. made um, and he has to go with whatever the deci- I mean he's still very much part of the squad and very very much part of England's plans going forward um, it's just a decision that they've taken um, in terms of where their head's at in terms of Test cricket and, and limited overs cricket the good news is that Ben Stokes is back so they probably will go with the four seamers and mm. that's probably why um, they will look to use Moen Ali as the, the spinner um, who can obviously continue to develop um, and he's showed a lot of promise going forward in the last two years. So um, I personally would have stuck with Adil Rashid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, but I, I, I understand that they want him to, velo- to develop in limited Overs cricket as well.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that he's, he's got into, this, this into the side. Um, he's shown what he can do, especially in that second innings of the first test. He showed what he can do. Um, he needs runs on the board. Don't get me wrong, he needs runs on the board. But he's only going to learn and get more experience by actually playing. Um, I know there's, you know, Andrew Strauss has come out and said, look, we're going to, especially with players that are sort of tittering around the the test side and their one day side, you know, they want to send them out and and get more experience and him going to the big bash will be massive for him. He's the overseas pro. He'll be playing. They will target him, how he deals with that. If he copes with that very well, um, that will stand him in good stead. Uh, but like Isha said, I, I would have liked him in the side. I mean, obviously England sort of have an inkling that there's not going to be much spin at all over there. Yeah. But they have Imran Ty here. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, we might miss a trick. Might have missed a trick for me because like Isha says, he, he he turns it both ways. He's an awesome fielder and he can bat. Um, and, and it's something different, especially in the second innings. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. But obviously we're, we've gone top heavy with with pace, and hopefully that's what we're looking to get twenty wickets over there.
2: Just on Imran Tahir, um, I've been following the India-South Africa test series and Hashim Amla has been reluctant to use Mm. Tahir. um, So he clearly doesn't have that much confidence in him. And I think that actually that's one area that England could really target with South Africa, is that if if he does play, then they need to put a lot of pressure on him.
1: Well, that four-match test series begins in Durban on Boxing Day. Just finally on that, can England win it? Of course they can. Yeah, there's, a, there's an opportunity. I mean, listen,
3: when we bowl, the Villiers, who is in my top three, who I'll pay to watch, he we need to get rid of him early doors. I mean, he is a game changer. He he gets runs for me on all different surfaces. For me, that's proper batting, not just going out there and scoring runs when it's flat. Um, for me, he's a different class. I mean, look, if he gets runs and we win, I'll be happy because I enjoy watching him back just the way he goes about it and he manoeuvres the field. Um, when he wants to go big, he can clear the boundaries. So for me, he's the X factor. We need to get him. And they've got some, obviously, Hashem Amla a quality player. So there's a few we need to target. But yeah, we've got every chance if Broad and Anderson step up and they bowl anything like. I mean, I reckon that them bowling over there in the UAE would have done them massive. I know everyone's been, oh, Jimmy can't bowl when it's flat. And, and he just mm-hmm. showed his skill and what he's about. And I think, you know, obviously you get him on conditions that do a little bit these different grass. Um, so uh, it would be interesting to see what happens I, th-
2: I think there's no question about Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson in terms of opening the bowling and, and taking wickets and, and bowling to their plans it's just the the other bowlers That's so Footit obviously coming in um, I'm sure they will be likely to use him because of the extra dimension that he brings with his left arm and, and pace um, I think Ben Stokes' role is going to be incredibly important with the older ball getting the ball to swing, he didn't get it to swing as much as he did in the UAE, as he did in England uh, in the summer, um, so that would be interesting to see whether he, he manages to do that.
3: Good with footholds as well for Moen, Moen be happy, apparently, um, remember listening to Keezy, Keezy said that footy creates some massive holes from, from his bowling, so that, I think Moen might be happy if he, if he, if
1: he plays. Well, so yeah, sure to be an exciting <laughs> series which I think everyone's looking forward to uh, now we have some questions from our listeners for Isha um, thanks to everyone who has <laughs> tweeted in their questions under the hashtag Ask Isha um, if anyone's screaming out for where's hashtag Ask Tudes, well we did it last did time you were on day. From, and I have a feeling he may get involved with some of these questions <laughs> um, so Isha the first question uh, comes from Actual uh, Sharma um, your favourite Indian cricketer and Bollywood star
2: oh favourite Indian cricketer um, I love watching Virat Kohli but at the moment he is just pure quality in any situation I just, I just really enjoy watching him um, from a film point of view I saw one a year ago called Lutera um, with Sanakshi Sinya and Ranveer Singh which I thought was shot it, it was the most beautifully shot film I've ever seen uh, and the storyline was great. And I think um, it's not your typical kind of Bollywood, you know, mm. colour, lights, dancing everywhere. It's a, it's a genuine story and I've, I really enjoyed it.
1: And Gideon, yeah. you've had an, experience. Yeah, had an <laughs> experience. I went
3: to India two years ago for the yeah. first time, which I, I actually loved. And uh, the young lads took me out to watch my first Bollywood film, which was Doom Free. Yeah. Katrina Kaif was uh, <laughs> pleasing on the eye, so it, it it got me through three hours, I have to say. But, um, yeah, it was it was good. It was action film, so I don't have to sort of understand, you know, the dialogue and stuff, but you could, you could just follow the film, which was it was great fun. So I could say, I've seen my first Bollywood film and I actually done one, didn't I? So Great stuff. Yeah. Sure. If anyone... Cool.
2: You've done a Bollywood film?
1: Yeah, I remember the cricket
3: one with uh, Oh, yeah, Aksha.
2: you were in that. Me and Akshay oh, Kumar yeah. are like, you know, we're buddies, man. It's like... Uh, <laughs>
1: So we have a Bollywood star yeah, here well, amongst
3: us. I was there in it for about go. a
1: minute. Seven <laughs> days
3: work. Did
2: you say any in the...
3: No, no, that say? was all um, NASA. NASA had a few <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. But
1: um, yeah, it was, it was good. great fun, great fun. Great stuff. Like the other house, that's the house. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the one, there. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's wondering why it sounds like we're at a building site, um, it's because we are, essentially. Um, Lords, at the moment, uh, the Warner stand has come right down, so it looks a little bit odd behind us, um, between the pavilion and the grandstand. So, yeah, apologies if that noise is slightly off-putting, but we'll plough on anyway. Um, Isha, Ajit Card says, which IPL team do you like the most and why?
2: It's got to be KKR. Uh, My parents are from Calcutta, so... Simple. Yeah, pretty simple. Easy answer.
1: (laughs) Um, Tony Fleetwood says, now an excellent presenter and pundit, do you regret retiring from the the game so young?
2: Um, Oh, this is a really tough one. I don't regret my decision. Um, I, I was at that stage when I did retire where it was just the right time for me. Um, and it was a lot of, uh, it wasn't one clear um, factor that led to that decision. It was a lot of different factors together. Um, and at that time, I think it was the right, well, I definitely believe it was the right decision. Um, the girls were obviously in a very good place at the moment. And, um, yeah, it's just been a, a real privilege to still be involved in the game in some capacity, working in the media. And, and the fact that I do get to work on the women's games, it, you know, something that's very close to my heart. It's, um, you know, I, I absolutely love it.
1: Um, Georgia Isaac says, we've seen uh, Lisa Stalica come out of retirement for the <laughs> Women's Big Bash League. Um, were you tempted to do the same for it, or even for the Women's Cricket Super League, which I believe is going to be launching next year?
2: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, fast approaching the Women's Super League. Um, In answer to that question, in one word, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a bowl last week, though, for the first time in a year... And, uh, yeah, it was pretty stiff after that. Yeah, it was just cool. in the Lord's Necks. Right. I, I really enjoyed it, though. Yeah. It was good fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Still get it down there? I, I got it down there, but, I, you know, it was spraying it everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'd like to bring in now, um, England's have a new head coach, Mark Robinson, uh, the former Sussex man. He won back-to-back won back, uh, county championships with Sussex. He's now taken over the kind of new-look professional England team. Um, They seem to be going from strength to strength in that department.
2: Absolutely, and probably England women's most high profile acquisition to date. Um, You know, the fact that he's won silverware with Sussex and the fact that he's moving from Sussex to coaching the England women just gives you um, an indication of the sign of the times really and and how far women's cricket has come in this country. Um, it's a professional era now, obviously, with the girls receiving professional contracts. And so it's important to keep moving forwards. I think uh, the girls...
0: Selling a little or a lot? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration Event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
2: Also have improved out of sight when it comes to skill levels and um, strength and conditioning. Um, but now it's about taking them to that next level in terms of performances. Um, and I think the skills are there, it's just about getting the best out of the players and um, performing on the big stage and winning games of cricket, that's the most important thing. Um, you know, I, th- I still think they're up there with the best teams in the world, but it's a, in the last few years they've been getting to, to finals but not quite getting over mm. the line in terms of beating Australia. Uh, and obviously losing the Ashes this summer after back-to-back Ashes wins, um, meant that questions had to be asked and I think that Mark Robinson and I, I mean, I mean I've only met him once and uh, that was last week um, and I think it's going to be a case of him just working his way into, uh, into the setup, getting to know all the players um, leaning on Charlotte Edwards who's the experienced captain that she is and, and probably learning from her um, as to where the women's game is at at the moment and where they need to get to um, and I think with his experience, certainly in the Championship, will be important, but more so in limited over in the limited overs format. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, I mean, Paul Shaw, I, I thought he was great and he brought some really good things to the England women's team. And I would have loved to have played under him at some stage, but um, unfortunately I retired just before he, he became coach. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that... Women's cricket, as time has gone on, um, have acquired different coaches for different purposes. So Mark Lane, when he came in, he very much made the team a side that um, could play with freedom. So they weren't scared of trying new things. And I think after that, Paul Shaw came in and basically the players were thinking for themselves. They were at that level to to think for themselves, Mm -hmm. different game situations. Um, where they could get themselves out of trouble. Now it's about that next level.
1: Next question. Um, Mark Lane says, what was your best moment whilst playing for England?
2: Um, It's got to be the Women's World Cup final. Mm -hmm. 2009, Sydney. Um, I didn't have my best game, but the team won and honestly it was the most incredible feeling because it wasn't just about that day, it was about what had come before that. Mm. And When I first got into the team in 2002, we were nowhere near beating the likes of Australia, New Zealand um, and we went on this real journey for, for seven years, ups and downs, um, but we all came together on that s- specific day throughout yeah. that specific tournament. and yeah to know that, to know that we'd become the best team in the world. and, and then following that you know we won the World T20 here yeah. in England um, under probably a little bit more pressure and scrutiny. Uh, and then went on to whitewash the Australians um, in a one-day series which and won good. the Ashes, which is always good. Um, so yeah, a, a phenomenal year and something that I'll cherish forever.
1: Great stuff. Um, this next question comes from UK Crunch. That's their Twitter handle. It says Isha, how I far? Think
2: I know who that is actually. <laughs> yeah.
1: They say, how far were you swinging it in the first innings at the roll in 2008? Um, that's when you took 10 wickets in the match and England won the Nine matches. Nine wickets. Nine wickets? Australia
2: declared before I could take my 10. Oh, no. oh <laughs> sorry. You can blame Karen Rolton oh. for that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you got five in the first innings, which is the one that they're referring to.
2: Um, I don't know. I, I was swinging it because literally, for those of you who haven't been to Bowerall, it is... Pretty much English conditions, mm-hmm. the home of Don Bradman. Always get goosebumps going there, and um, turned up on the day. Overcast, um, lots of green around us, and uh, yeah, it just it just happens to swing, and probably got more swing as, as the ball got older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was just one of those moments where everything just comes together, yeah. and and you just feel like you can get a wicket every ball, and everything just kind of falls into place. Where the where the gully is, where the slip is, um, and everything just went to hand.
1: Perfect day for a bowler.
2: Perfect day for <laughs> a bowler. <laughs> um,
1: Gray White says, "Can you see mixed teams uh, playing at high levels in years to come on the back of Sarah Taylor playing in Oz?"
2: Yeah, I don't see no reason why not. And um, I mean, Sarah Taylor playing in Australia, I think it's wonderful to see her taking that next step. Uh, I think it's important for the women's game that the girls are able to increase levels of competition by playing in the the men's arena. Um, not necessarily at the international level, but yeah. certainly yeah. at club level. Um, you know, I'd like to see more of it because you know, once you get to to England honours, you you want to be testing yourself out even more. That's not to say that the girls should stop playing just women's cricket because yeah. it is very different to men's cricket you know the, the girls bowl different lengths um the, the men are obviously stronger in certain situations and i think uh, i think that should still be retained but i still think that more girls could could play uh, men's yeah, cricket, cricket yeah, definitely.
1: absolutely yeah. uh, well many thanks to everyone who sent their questions in Um, Now, there was an incident between Australia and New Zealand during the second test in Perth, in which the sportsmanship of Australia has been called into question by some. On day four, Ross Taylor was finally out for a massive 290. It was the highest score by any visiting batsman in Australia. But when making his way from the pitch, not a single Australian player went to shake his hand, but rather rushed to celebrate with the sub-fielder who took the catch in the deep. The actions angered former Aussie bowler Dirk Nannis, who was commentating at the WACA, and former New Zealand batsman Mark Greatbatch called this a disgrace and said it summed up the Australian people who are arrogant. Uh, I'd like to add there, his words, not mine. (laughs) Um... Well, was it much ado about nothing or were these comments from Nana's and Great Bats justified? I, I didn't see the incident. I, I didn't see it,
3: but I only heard about it. And obviously, if that's the case, that's poor. That is poor. Um, because I actually saw when um, Voges and uh, Smith were leaving after they would got centuries on, I don't know, third day or whatever it was. Brendan McCullough ran up to him, shook his hand, you know, and well done. So, you know, and we know how New Zealand were when they were over here in the summer how well it was, how well they received, you know, just sportsmanship and everything. And if that's the case, then that's poor form. And I mean, look, it's happened before when uh, Warner, um, you know, basically had his hands folded when Rooty got 100. <coughs> and, and he got a lot of stick for that. And I just think there's no real reason for it. I mean, it might go back to when was it, when... Um, uh, Alan Border, when yeah. he was... When, you know, him and David Gower got on very well and then he came over shook no hand. I think it was 89 didn't speak to him didn't shake his hand and he got that tough mentality like we're over here to do a job Mm. I think families weren't allowed over and stuff like that and I don't know if they say because I think there's a bit of a discussion now was Clark too nice yeah is Smith now the other way and uh, I just think look by all means if you know you want to play it hard that's fine but if someone has scored 100 290 against your best attack I think that warrants you know, a handshake and a clap and, and well done. I mean, it, it's not a no-show of, you know, oh, we're
1: too nice. It's just respect. And that's what our game's about. You've both played against Australia. Are they particularly tougher than any other side? I mean, are we as English a little bit old-fashioned in our sort of, you know, everyone should get on nice and, and the spirit of I the mean, game, I this mean, kind of stuff? I mean, they
2: do play it tough. And yeah. David Warner's has outwardly said that they don't play to be a nice team, they play to win. Um, I think this particular incident was slightly blown out of proportion Ross Taylor's already come out and said that one of the reasons was because he just walked off the pitch too quickly um and Adam Boges said that throughout his innings they were clapping him at each milestone so I I don't know whether this has just been maybe misconstrued a little bit um but because of the name that Australia have earned for themselves in recent years I think maybe why um it has been flagged up as an issue Part of the fabric of cricket is the fact that players respect each other and mm. um, you know you can appreciate someone when they reach a milestone or they're playing in a, their 100th test mm. or, or whatever um, and that's something that drew me to the game uh, and why I like cricket more than any other sport is, is the respect that the players mm-hmm. have for each other and I think it's very important to retain that as we move forwards. Um, there is a very fine line. Um, as to playing hard and playing um, in the right spirits of the game. And as long as we continue to regulate that as players going forwards, then um, I think we'll be fine.
1: Well, final test between Australia and New Zealand gets underway in Adelaide next Friday. It's going to be the first day-night test match and will be played with a pink ball. It's something that MCC has been championing for a long time. Choose, you don't seem too happy about it. Um, We'll have to save that to the next podcast when we have all the reaction to that. Um, Now, there's one man who won't be featuring in that day-night test, and that's Mitchell Johnson. The 34-year-old announced his retirement this week, midway through that second test match between Australia and New Zealand. Johnson took 313 Test wickets, making him the fourth highest Australian wicket taker behind Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath, and Dennis Lilly. It was a career with some very high ups, but also some very low downs. Uh, so, how will Johnson be remembered? Um, for me,
3: I enjoyed watching him bowl. Um, look, he went for a stint. We've all gone for a stint um, where, you know, sometimes the radar is, is not on point. But if you can bowl at the speed he bowled at, and speaking to some of the lads in that series in 2013 was the quickest bowling they've ever faced. He was the difference. And even though I'm an Englishman, I enjoyed watching him bowl and seeing our boys hop around. Because I haven't <laughs> seen fast bowling like that for a long while. Like I, Obviously, when I grew up in my household, it was the West Indies mm. of the late 70s, 80s. And that's all I saw, yeah. and it was enjoyable. And Batsman, you know, when Gucci got down and he was, you know, scored that hundred, that brilliant hundred at Headingley. It's a, that's a proper hundred. Um, to, to see someone score, I mean, to bowl at that pace uh, and to worry our batsmen and just see the fear, was great to watch as a you know an ex-fast bowler. So for me, with his strike weight, I think 51, better than any other Aussie fast bowler. Um, the destruction he caused. Around the world, um, he was a great, for me, he was, he was a great fast bowler, you know, Michael Clark, Ricky Ponting before him, knew that they could throw him the ball, mm. and something was going to happen, you know, because when you've got someone bowling at 90 plus mile an hour, I don't care who you mm. are as a batsman, when it's coming around your head, you don't like it, <laughs> <laughs> and it does get your ball pumping and uh, uh, racing, and you may play airy shots outside off stump that you may not bowl, um, do if you're facing someone slower, so, yeah, great bowler, he'll be missed. I mean, look, he was a... The way he handled himself when he was getting that stick from the Barmy Army, I think, it stands him mm. in good stead. Um, he dealt with that
1: very, very well. That's I mean, quite a nice thing to bring up because we we're just talking about the Australian sort of maybe over-aggression on the pitch. Johnson's reaction to the Barmy Army during those times, uh, the spirit in which he took that, that's also quite good, isn't it? The, the way in which he, he dealt with the fans in, you know, in, in this series, the most recent Ashes just gone, mm. you know, the English fans loved him. He's a bit like Brett Lee in that sense.
2: Well, you know? I think it, in this series he. He certainly seemed like a man that was more comfortable with himself. Um, He was just pure, unadulterated pace. And I I loved, as Alex mentioned, I love watching bowl. And I think that players these days, it's rare to see batsmen ruffled by genuine pace because... In my mind, it's, it's swung too far in favour of the batsmen in recent times. Oh, it certainly has.
3: <laughs> Don't get me started on that issue. It feels like we have a my, bowlers my union I here. have on social media all the time, that batsmen only get, you know, they're only getting runs. And if you look at their averages now, the amount of runs they're getting, it's ridiculous. Um, it's too in favour. and I, Hence why I'm not surprised a lot of the fast bowlers are calling it quits early. Um it's just not fun mm-hmm. you know 600 plays 500 and mm-hmm. 500 is you know it's it's no it's not good for cricket
2: but yeah it's a battle isn't it i mean mm. i show i watched the all stars um, games recently yeah. and in the first game shoaib akhtar <laughs> was bowling quick He was yeah. bowling rapid yeah. and um, jack callis was surprised by him who's you know still playing yeah exactly yeah um it's just great to see i mean australia and pakistan seem to breed them yes but Everywhere else around the world, it seems to be a, a rare thing to have a genuinely quick, quick yeah. fast bowler, and I'd love to see more of it. No,
1: I would. Well, one thing I think we can all agree on is that most batsmen will sleep slightly better now <laughs> that um, <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell Johnson has retired. But it was indeed a, a fabulous Test career. Um, to finish, as is custom on the Lords podcast, <laughs> we're going to do the quiz. Um, We'll go head-to-head, head. so Alex versus Isha. Isha, you can go first. Um, I don't even know how this works. I'll explain the rules in just a second. <laughs> okay. It's a very, very simple game, yeah, but it's terrible. it's good fun. Alex um, has been pr-
2: preparing for this moment. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I have not. He's been on Wikipedia all night. <laughs> all night. Um, stats, stats.
1: <laughs> all I do is ask you, um, i give you two names, um, someone from the cricketing world and someone not from the cricketing world. And to score a point, all you have to do is tell me who is older. Oh,
2: yeah. That's okay. it.
1: You can go for the same person right. to be tactical, <laughs> but we don't want a boring draw. So all a boring so, ball, yeah. Yeah. And It's the best of five. It's a five-match series. Um, so, Isha, who is older? David Gower or Denzel Washington?
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> David Gower.
1: Alex? Denzel. Oscar-winning actor, Denzel Washington, is indeed older.
2: Oh, he looks so good for his age. That's the cocoa butter. <laughs> <laughs> cocoa butter people, cocoa butter.
1: Alex, who is older, Mitchell Johnson or the actor Michael Fassbender? Ooh, um, well,
3: Mitch is 34, so... Uh,
1: Johnson.
2: I'm going fastbender.
1: Correct, it's Fastbender. Yes. He's currently playing Steve Jobs in a film. He's four years older than Mitchell four Johnson. Old, yeah. okay. Right, Isha. Who is older? Isha Gua? <laughs> or oh Lion, Lionel Messi?
2: Lionel Messi. Isha.
1: It is Isha. Oh my God! <laughs> She didn't want to admit oh, that people. No. <laughs> I don't watch. That was football, a anyway. lady. That was a lady watch answer. Football. That was. <laughs> I don't watch I'll be a gentleman and say you're just a couple of years older than <laughs> <laughs> the <gonna> Argentinian <laughs> no football superstar. Way. Right, Alex. Who is older, Bob Willis or Prince? The singer, obviously. Yeah. The symbol. Not not our um, prince. I would Just Prince. Yeah. I've,
3: the singer. Oh. Look good. <laughs> um that's a tricky
1: one. I'll
3: say, word, I'll, say yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll say Bob. I'll say Bob.
2: I'll say Bob. I'm I'm with Alex.
1: You're both correct, it is indeed Bob Willis. Yeah. So the score is 2-1 uh, the two s- one, two one two score one. <laughs> two one, one to play. Um Isha. This is to level it or to let Alex take victory. Here we go. Marcus droskothic or Dermot O'Leary. This one is close. Yeah, it
2: is. I think Dermot O'Leary just...
1: Trez has got to be... Trez. It's Dermot O'Leary. Yes. So there we go.
2: Draw. Oh,
1: draw. Two all, well played. Um, Is there a tiebreaker? There isn't, no. Oh, it's... um, No, it's (laughs) draw. It's a great series, two all. Well played, lovely, well played. A little handshake there, that's... Lovely way to finish. Um, so, just finally, uh, Isha, what have you got coming up over the next few weeks?
2: Um, I've been trying to hibernate lately yeah. and finish my thesis once and for all. Um, I'm doing a few little bits for Sky, um, but otherwise staying in the country, which is good. Ah. <laughs> as, as the cold sets in. Yeah.
3: And Alex. Yeah, exciting times. On? I've um, been offered a um, coaching role at a uh, private school, Kim Bolton, so which starts next week. So looking forward to that um, and getting my hands dirty and you know meeting the kids and, as you say, just sort of imparting what I've learnt from playing with and being coached by some great people. So just impart that with the kids. Apparently they're a great bunch, so we shall have fun. That's what it's all about.
1: Correct. Well, um, thank you for both coming on. hope thank you've enjoyed you, it. Yeah, thank you, Will. Great stuff! Uh, many thanks for everyone that's tuned in. We'll be back next month with more cricketing stories from Lords. So remember to follow us on Twitter, our handles at Home of Cricket. Be our friend on Facebook, and for all the latest news from Lords, just go to Lords.org. See you soon.